Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. I'm just going to naturally assume that you rolled into this podcast after Blurred Notes. Uh, hey, you're into the Marvel Hack, Season 7, Episode 6, as we are walking our way through the Jonathan Hickman X-Men reboot. And we have really passed the halfway point there, and um, that's about to end here soon enough, too. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Online tonight, it's the same people from the Blurred Notes. It's uh, Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. You get to go first. Hey, what's up, y'all? Brother Beavis, bringing the Mexican pizza. Uh, good, to, good to meet y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. That's so an inside joy. note. I swear, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the raw audio one day of what we talk about in the recording. Oh God, we'll never be able to go on the air again. Yeah, be like, oh man, yeah. People, like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on over there? All right, and also on the line, it's the sad man. He chimed in. Sad man, what's happening? Uh, Kanishiwa, people, line now. Welcome back for those who follow us from from the Blurred Notes and those who didn't. Yes. Why didn't you listen? And hello, how are you? Yeah. Yeah, go back and listen to Blurred Notes too. Yeah, go listen um, to that. Also, what you'll notice if you did listen to Blurred Notes, we talked about how long we've been. We, we kind of made it a, a, an editorial decision that, you know what, the, the way these books are coming out, since they really are two books in one, how they advertise it, we'll just do like double issues. So like go every two weeks because... It was we were really talking about something and not having like you know trying to put the the puzzle together without the fucking corners, and so now they give us a corner every couple of uh, issues here, so let's do them together. But then we just got pushed back and pushed back because of again life, Mexican pizzas, and um, <laughs> it just didn't work out. So now we're back together. So we're gonna go over Powers of X number four and House of X number five. I, and let me just jump in real quick. Since you brought up schedule, can't give enough props to Marvel to putting out a fucking yeah. giant crossover event on the schedule. They they called their shot nine weeks ago now and have hit it every freaking week. Unprecedented nice. in modern comics. Yeah, sir. yeah, for real. On time, on time, every single book. Hashtag. We're looking at you, knockoff Watchmen series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean, we yeah, they have definitely done it. Uh, we haven't had the guest artist problem as well. It's been in one of the most consistent things that uh, happening in modern comics, as you said. So yeah, all right. So we're gonna go over Powers Four and House Five. Powers first. Um, Jonathan Hip- Hickman here. Um, our opening quote is: "I fear our needs will far outlast our desires. We have many hard choices ahead of us." Professor Xavier gets the opening uh, tweet quote there at the beginning, and Powers picks up in a place that really, honestly, I, we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Brother Beavis, you sent out a text after you read this initially, and was like, "I got some issues and concerns because I don't know what's going on here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, my and, and actually one of the uh, I did I did had a lightning bolt of uh, inspiration and kind of figured out a piece of this, but up front, um, you know, for me, like the definitive sinister is uh, two things. It's uh, it's the Inferno series and um, X Men the animated series season two. And so my body. <laughs> so when we jump right into Sinister here, I know there are elements here that have been that played out in um, you know a lot of the the more recent stories, and you know he's obviously cloned and recloned himself, and that creates problems. And so we get we get that, but like I 
I don't embrace that just because I, I can't say I don't embrace it, but it's like that part of it is not as familiar to me. Just because, like I said, for me, there's Sinister is is a, is those two kind of fundamental stories, and and is really a kind of classic comic book villain character, and a lot of what we get up here is really not that, and and really has so many layers to it. So that the first part was like, yeah, I don't. This is not my Sinister. And that doesn't mean he's not someone else's sinister. But that part was disjoint. And then the rest of it, again, the farther we get in the future, the more, the harder it is to kind of figure out. But I think I got a handle on that. Right. Yeah, we're we're pulling up uh, uh we're pulling up to the bar at Bar Sinister here and ordering a couple of beers. Uh, Xavier and Magneto are doing the same as they show up to this place called Bar Sinister, and they are greeted by air quotation Mister Sinister. And uh, where you say that this is not your version of Sinister, I think over the course of time, especially in modern comics, and if you read like kind of like people's interpretation of Sinister on mine, even then when people are fan casting for the movie or whatever, so that they've, they've kind of adopted Sinister as a character who is gay. And when you said, when you said Sinister online, the first thing I thought of, have you ever read Sinister on weed? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and then and then to the point you actually made, that's actually I think the reveal of Sinister Secret number one, based on information that I've obtained from my internet research. There you go. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, to this, yeah, he is uh, definitely the, the uh, whisperer of secrets or whatever from Game of Thrones. All right, so yeah, this Sinister, I'm using the word. He's just fabulous. He's very fabulous. Um, and. And uh, he's very snarky, which he's kind of always been. But yeah, so people assuming, a lot of people assuming that he's gay. And we get a little bit about this. They talk about uh, Magneto and his cape. And, you know, it's a fabulous cape. And Xavier name checks him. Not as sinister, though. He's like, I need to see Nathaniel Essex. And, you know, it's the question is like, well, which one? You know, there are so many of us at this point in time. And Magneto's not having any of that shit. He's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can push his dude into the ceiling. Yeah. Like, let's get this happening or whatever. So they bring him into the throne room. What do y'all thought there, too, about, like, whatever Sinister's bar Sinister is all, like, kind of old Victorian England as well. Like, the people that are around there are all dressed like that. Are those all also Sinisters? Like, all Sinister clones? Mm-hmm. Like, any thought on that process? Like, because I'm like... You know, even though they all shaded in the background so you can't see it specifically, it's definitely set in a, a particular era. I would not call a modern era, at least in terms of dress. Anybody got any thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah. Um, they, I don't even remember the era. If it was, I believe it was in the 90s or maybe the early aughts. They had a um, origin book about Sinister and his, Nathaniel F. Essex, as we've already heard his name. Uh, he is originally from the 1800s, if I remember right, and um, I can't remember. I, the artwork in it was terrible, so I didn't. I never really yep. messed with it. And but I think there was. They basically recapped how he became um, from Nathaniel Essex and became more, you know obsessed with genetics, mutants, and um, basically became Mister Sinister. And you know he's basically immortal. And uh, maybe whether it's right. cloning or whatever, I can't remember what the process is. But he's kind of like Apocalypse in a way because I, I think he can regenerate and or clone himself at will. Obviously, I think all these characters are 
different versions of himself. Um, I don't know even the, yeah, if they're that was around the time of the. That yeah. was around the time of the Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, and I think it might have been like a second right. series of that. But you're absolutely right, Sam. Man, it was yeah. it was yeah. terribly I, drawn. I vaguely remember it. I did not buy it. I just kind of yeah, glanced yeah. through one, and I was like, "Oh, that's his origin," and and that's that's yeah. all the knowledge I have of about and, about him. Though. And and if yeah. you could read that series and make sense of it, more power to you. Because it yeah. was just yeah. good luck. I ain't doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. I do. I, I, you know, that's funny you said that about the art. I do remember that the art was ass awful, as it well as terrible. that um, that Gene and Cyclops series as well. Like those books right. that terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, once in the throne room, um, there's another sinister there. He's also uh, eccentric and fabulous as well. And he also makes a remark about Magneto's cape, and he says something to his flunky. It's like, why don't I have a cape? He's like, you know what? You're right, nigga. You should have had a cape. He's like, well, why didn't you tell me I should have had a cape? Like, oh, well, no, that's it. And then he kills him, and you know, because he didn't have his cape before. I, again, I, uh, my note on there says like, I, when I was originally reading this after what you text, and I was like, I'm reading this. I, I, I have no idea where this is headed. Like, cause it doesn't fit the tone of the other books like yeah. at all. Yeah. Like no. all the other books that we've read, it, the tone is completely off. Like it's like a completely different book initially. And I was mm-hmm. like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is going on here? Yeah. And not in a good way, by the way. Like I, yeah. not in a good way. It pays <laughs> off. It pays off beautifully, especially when you get to the next book. But that shit was like initially. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here, and I don't know what the hell I'm, uh, I'm supposed to do about this. Oh, but. Xavier yeah. tells Nathan. It does. Um, I mean, it seems ahead. a little indulgent, and they teased the importance of his role in particular regard to the cloning programs and things like that. But it, it it was very. You're right. It for as much as this seems like it's been progressing at a very good pace. In a even though they're weaving different stories together, like it's still going kind of straight ahead in a certain sense. This was kind of out of left field for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it it felt like it it, it it felt like a uh, Mr. Mixel Click or uh, Impossible Man mm. kind of Fantastic Four Ooh, story to me, kind of kind of crazy, you know what I mean? And and they, it's kind of like the little pocket dimension they jumped into. You know, like okay, we got to go see this crazy motherfucker, and, and, and then we get out, we get what we need, and get out, and then the story kind of goes back to normal after that, if you know what I mean. So yeah, a yeah. uh, little crazy, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Brother Beavis name checks it that they're like, hey, we know you're doing all this cataloging of, you know, human DNA. We want you to catalog something else. You know, uh, we want you to catalog uh, mutant DNA. You know, and there's a part there. He's later on. He's like, yeah, you know, mutants. Eh, I don't know about that shit. I, you know, I don't really want to have too much to do with them. And like, it's like, why mutants? And then Magneto's like, look, we seen the future. Like, your fucking life is tied to mutants, bro. Like, you need to like start doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, eh, you know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. But then another sinister comes in, blows that sinister's head completely off. And, you know, now this sinister shows up with a cape. Uh, you know. Right. And so now we have that version of sinister with his cape. And, you know, and they form this partnership. And he's like, I need you to start collecting this mutant DNA immediately. And we'll get you access to every single mutant's DNA, including ours. And, you know, he's like, all right, well, this is our new partnership or whatever. But then Xavier mind fucks him and is like, all right, but I need you to not remember this, like, until I tell you to remember it. And, you know, start this, you know, immediately. And then that was that. I mean, so after reading it now, Brother Beavis, and kind of knowing what you know ahead without spoiling, 
this scene is actually very fucking cool. Uh, I'm not gonna give it fucking cool, fucking relevant. What? But I'm not <laughs> yes. gonna give it fucking cool. Mm. I mean, it's yeah. I, I still, to me, it reads as like way discordant, way indulgent. Somebody else's sinister story that is not mine yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we get to this thing that you had talked about before, which we have to go over, but called the Red Diamond. And right. all these particular yeah. sinister secrets that we think that we know about. And that's my, I think my note to y'all was like, all right, well, let's go over this and see how much of this shit we can figure out on our own. Because it's all based on previous events and, and obviously shit that's about to happen. So let's go. Red sinister secret number one. He's trying to pretend that no one noticed he was wearing red shoes, but his truly sinister, sinister isn't fooling anyone. So you're like, okay, that's making the announcement that he is gay, right? So red shoes is a is a connection to Dorothy. A friend of Dorothy is a euphemism to gay. Oh, look at you. Okay. I, and uh, I again, that. again, I read this online. So. Okay. <laughs> I have heard that before too. Okay. So yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, again, this is a modern thing for Sinister. Now, it could have happened when the years that we weren't reading, but it's like most modern comic book reader people are like, oh, yeah, like the Sinister's definitely gay. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't think I, I you know, we, de- we read Inferno, we went through that whole process. I don't think we ever got that particular sense of him, but, I mean, it is what it is. All right, so, fine. Sinister Secret 2. And speaking of fashion... The Whisper Network has turned into a roar regarding the return of this trend-setting mutant who was cut down in his prime. Will someone please tell all these mutants to stop wearing human clothes and join the stampede across their island full of flowers to the flowers that's the fullest? Anybody got who that is who's cut down in their prime? I think this there there is this does refer to something. I think it's more modern era, and I don't I don't know the significance of it. Okay, Sandman, Mm -hmm. got any guesses? I'm clueless on this one. I'm I'd have to read like. Again and again to try to uh, guess who they're talking about. Um, I don't know, man. Mm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number Sanders three, straight three. inferno. If you don't get number yeah, three, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Deceased redhead pretender made a pact with the devil when she passed on. Most believed any secret she had went with her to the grave. Won't everyone be surprised when they find out not only is this not true, but she left behind a whole lot more than secret. Uh, it would not be a surprise if Madeline Pryor shows back up in that one X-Men book, which, which is all Summer's boys. Like, there's one of the relaunch books in October that is nothing yeah. but Summer's people. Corsair, yeah. Scott, Alex, who are, like, it's all that. So it won't be a surprise when she shows up there. Four, while every sinister has been busy wondering what they might be affected by current events, almost no one noticed what washed ashore. A word of advice to all things sinister, don't embrace the revelry or there won't be anything for you to celebrate anything i think that's just a, a reference to this particular scene and i don't know mm. what's in the background we're supposed to pick up but i think that's just a reference to this particular uh sequence mm. this one is huge to me for uh, and it's under four certain people are wondering where the tyrant dispelling sinister got his mutant gene while there really yeah. isn't an interesting story in whom the dna originally belonged to is john proudstar thunderbark like uh what like yeah. I mean, that's completely out of left field. Um, yeah. And the story of how he, you know, how he got Thunderbird's DNA ought to be pretty freaking good. But I guess this version of this, this is in X Men Year One, so this is before the, this is before the 
Giant size before Krakoa. Yeah. So before yeah. Krakoa, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So anything after that, which would be X Men Ten, he would have already met them, and he would have had that DNA. So he, excuse me, he would have gotten it. Okay. But I wonder why Thunderbird, and how does his how does Thunderbird's mutant power relate anything to what we know about Sanus's power? You know what I mean? Yeah. So no idea. I, I mean, the shit. Fuck, what was Thunderbird's powers? I mean, in Spider-Man the Anim- uh, and 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 his amazing friends, he could turn into <laughs> a fucking bear. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, what the he fuck was else could he, he was do? strong and fast. That was it. I mean, yeah, he was strong. He could track, kind of, and um, yeah. He was like a lightweight Wolverine. He was like a lightweight Wolverine mixed with a lightweight he, yeah. Colossus. As I recall, they even said that in the uh, comic, yeah, that he's a, he's a lighter version of Wolverine, and which mm. pissed him off to no uh, avail, if I remember reading that book. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Sanderson Secret 5. Here's, he's the best secret at... He's the best there is at what he does. She's married with a kid. Is. Your husband knows exactly what's going on, but who is he to point out the point the finger? He's up to much the same and more, and maybe this is just a new normal on the mutant island. Okay, so that's Wolverine. Who's married with a kid though? She's married Jean. with a kid. Who's Jean? who's the kid? It's uh cable. Cable. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Well yeah, I guess that is true. Yeah. And remember, we have that book of nothing but summers coming out, like, you know, as one of the relaunch books in October. So, I mean, it could be that. Could be that. Six. Everyone believed that the plan of this program, Progerian Mutant, with secret sinister ties was foiled, but little did the gifted ones know that uh, the destroyed samples were switched out beforehand. What you got? Uh. Progerian With the secrets. Yeah, I got Uh, Oh, so actually, okay. Um, I think this is a reference, and again, this is information I gained online. This is a reference to one of the um, Grant Morrison mutants. Um, Mm. Oh, boy. uh, Nothing good comes from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's trouble. Okay. 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 All right. Nothing good can happen from there. Sinister Secret 7. Two brothers jumped out of a plane for the longest time until he was discovered. Many wondered if there was a third. If he told you there were more, would you believe me? Probably not. So there could be more Summers brothers. Uh, well, I think I've already said that. There is a third yeah. one. Yeah, uh, Vulcan. Vulcan? Third one. Yeah. yeah. They're half-brother. Yeah. But they're saying that there could be more, which would be weird. Mm, oh boy! Oh, I didn't. I didn't pick a one. That's going to be a mess. Yeah, it says. Would you? Yeah, if the, if we told you there were more, would you believe me? Uh, wow. Yeah, Secret eight. Yeah, I would because I because Corsair fucks. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. <laughs> Corsair fucks mm. cats. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 He's, his mean, girlfriend is literally pussy. So. <laughs> <laughs> For years, the fittest of all mutants has routinely surrounded this himself a with a particular works. numbered entourage. This is easy. These hangers on stick around for a while until they are eventually replaced with newer, more exciting members. What most people don't know is that if the original members return, these pretenders would be dropped so fast their heads would spin. That's got to come up in the next issue as well. Um, yeah, this is Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. So that one's easy. Mm. Um, number nine, 
They say the kids are all right, but it's not all right in paradise. This non-couple couple has been apart so long, friends are expecting that when they see each other again, fireworks are going to ensue. Is the universe ready? Judging by how unprepared everyone was for what's happened so far, we kind of doubt it. So what non-couple couple? I was thinking Rogue and Gambit, but it didn't really make any sense there. No, this is Jubilee and X-23. What? Huh? You read that online. I did read that online. <laughs> They're a couple? Fireworks. They're friends. Oh, fireworks. Yeah, that's right. Fireworks. Yeah. Ooh, wow. I don't know. Oh, okay. Who else could it be, though? though? Yeah. Mm, I mean, okay. That doesn't make me excited about anything. And, mm. like, what? And she's in that book. Um. She has a book, like she's in one of those books. X twenty three is X twenty three. One of the, um, yeah, she's in one of the books on the relaunch. Oh, oh uh, I okay. can't remember which one it is. Fallen, Fallen Angels. Oh, um, Jubilee, is Jubilee in Angels. it, um, or is it just her book? No, Jubilee's not. X twenty three is in it, like her, okay. Psylocke, and uh, I don't know who the other one is. Oh, All right, boy, Psylocke. Oh, so boy. number, yeah. Sinister Secrets revealed. We don't hear this word spoken often, so when we do, it's best to pay attention because when the square, when you square that circle, what took a long time to build can come crumbling down rather quickly. Inferno. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a reference to that. It, it's kind of weird, though, brother Beavis. That uh, why are we pulling? Like, is these sinister secrets from this area in X zero, or is this like, you know what I mean? Like, is it pulling from a whole entire era, like yeah, a history I- of mutants? Because I'm not really sure here. I mean, so it, it's it's spanning at least like the what we've read in books, which was really the mm-hmm. X one era. So, um, yeah, it's at least that. Yeah, at least okay. And Sinister Secret Ten, which brainwashed mutant Sinister, was placed long before a certain bald someone knew, and has been in on the game for almost as long as the game has been played. So yeah, so mm-hmm. this idea that he did he wasn't going to remember whatever implanted Xavier put in there, like, obviously that didn't happen, and he was collecting this mutant DNA for his own nefarious purposes, not just for Xavier. So, uh, yeah. Right. All right, I mean, this was something. This was something. Uh, I, I, you something. Know, it was kind of fun to try to figure the. Well, it was kind of fun to try to figure those out, but, you know, again, once we get into House 5, like, a lot of this will make a little bit more sense, or a good portion of it, or at least the, the main portion of House 5 makes a lot more sense than that. All right. right. So the scene changes to X1. So we're in years 10. And this is months ago, it says, on the island of Krakoa. And Xavier has brought Doug Locke slash Cypher to Krakoa. And he has been in contact with the island. So this is after Giant Size X-Men number one. And he's been in contact with the island. And he's been trying to make contact. And he's brought Doug Locke over there, who has the, a master of languages or whatever, to essentially fuck this island. Um, <laughs> like, dang, Doug. <laughs> I need you to come fuck this island real quick uh, to figure out what's going on. And eventually, you know, I'm, I'm spoiling, I'm burying the lead here, but Doug does fuck this island. And um, But before that, you know, he's really trying to figure it out, and we get the history of Krakoa. And it is important because it pulls in Apocalypse or whatever, but Krakoa wasn't Krakoa before. It was some island called... Um, Okara? Okara, yeah, Okara. Yeah. And then evil broke in through the world like some kaiju from Pacific Rim. And <laughs> Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen came back to, you know, fight them down. And he wound up splitting the island into two. And he fought these monsters back into the drift. And, you know, 
that is the story of Krakoa, and then we'll come back to that that moment with Apocalypse in a moment or whatever. But you don't really see the who the horsemen of the apocalypse are. You know, you only see them fighting in silhouette. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a reference in the in the Sinister Secrets there about you know the original horsemen are supposed to be such badass that when and if they were to come back, you know, whoever the, the new horsemen were going to get replaced or you know beat the fuck up or whatever. So I mean, right. I don't know. I thought there was kind of like a, a cool kind of scene. You know, to kind of get dug there. The the ending part is you're like, hey, you know, how long is it going to take you essentially to create a system where we could use this island for our purposes? He's like, eh, maybe a year. And it's kind of fucked up, though. The Xavier's like, hey, I'm going to bring you here to meet this island or whatever. Here's your bag, nigga. All right, we'll see you in a year. And <laughs> because... Because he literally did not know that this was going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all right, bye, Doug Lock. Thanks for, you know, fucking doing this and whatever. Uh, I sent y'all something during the week, but when we were trying to get this recorded, there was some stuff going on online. Like, the a shot of Xavier in his freaking safari hat looks an awful lot like, um, what's that lady's name? His evil Cassandra twin. Nova. Um, yeah, uh, Cassandra, Cassandra Nova. Yeah, uh, any, Yeah, anybody... I mean, not, mm. anybody get that or anybody? We we kind of name checked that a while ago too. But any you feel that way? I, actually, I don't feel that way. I don't think this is really tied to that. I think it was just a coincidence. But anybody feeling that way about Cassandra Nova still? Mm, not in relation to this. I don't think. Uh, I, I could yeah. be completely wrong. I don't know. But uh, I, I don't. I think the mind. biggest thing is like the fact that we still haven't actually seen his face, um, and so mm-hmm. what's under the mask. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. that's the biggest thing, um, and and we know that that's in a sense she was one of his guises, and this costume was so obviously outlandish that mm-hmm. the fact that it mm-hmm. resonates doesn't seem like a mistake, and the fact that they've ex- so explicitly made uh, prior things part of the story, it, it doesn't seem like an accident. So it seems mm-hmm. almost like they're screaming at us that yeah that that she is part of this. Um, mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. yeah, I would hate that in the sense only in the sense that like you've kind of told that story, and yeah. I think you took it to the end. I mean, and she was just in like some of those books that we were reading before. Um, yeah, you know, she prior just fought to this like relaunch. Jean Grey and like a bunch of all of them together. And I was, I was reading through something not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 I hope they don't do that. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy with that. So, yeah. So yeah. So Doug is left on the island. He's going to take him about a year, and then you get this uh, kind of. But he does at least. I think he gives uh, Doug the the download of like, hey, uh, presumably this is what I've learned from Moira. So it's not like right. he. Like it's mm-hmm. not like a year later he's still trying to figure out. It does. Uh, yeah. He does kind of. Right. There was another scene in there where like Doug's like idly walking through the island, and randomly mm-hmm. converts foliage into techno organic foliage. That was an interesting mm-hmm. scene, and I don't know the implications of that. Did you catch that? I did. Now that you're saying it, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, so Doug will I mean, fuck an island. I mean that that yeah. was not in doubt. <laughs> he's not been asked to do anything that he's not comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. But did Krakoa give consent to be fucked? Oh, yeah. yeah I guess that's a larger question. question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to stay on topic because that could go completely left. Um, as I'm, I'm, as I, I'm I, cycling through the, uh, the book and I get to the next page, which is this, I still contend, great sort of interstitial... Um, Explanatory, explanatory pages. There's a name that comes up that that was really surprising to me. Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah, that was not around on me too. Yeah, because they haven't they yeah. haven't talked about him at all. But the fact that he has you know control over plant matter that was that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Really, and we haven't seen him at all. As Never, well as we yeah. haven't. You would. And on top of that same page where they're talking about the Krakoa interface that Doug Locke built, there's also an underneath system that Forge is working on. And what's that all about? You know, it says that, you know, Forge is working on something that's underneath the biological system as well. And that, you know, every time Forge fucks something, he goes fucking crazy, too. So, <laughs> like, I'm kind of curious, you know, how that's going to work as well. Um, I, You know, again... We've been talking about this book for a while now. It is so freaking layered and dense. And yes, it is. again, <laughs> a reference, a reference. You know what somebody said to me after listening to our podcast is like, you know, I want to read this book, but I think I'm just going to wait till the end and read the trade. You know, because it's mm-hmm. just so much. And I'm, and again, I'm having that same issue reading Hickman's X Men books. I'm like, I mean, that's literally one of those things. Like, I have to like put every distraction away from me. So I can actually focus on that freaking book because there's so much going on. And, you know, just, you know, uh, one little nod off, one little blink or whatever, and you'll miss something and then something doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done. Okay. All right. So then we go to X-Men year 1000. And I said, if you listen to the raw audio of this, I said to Brother Beavis, I don't understand any of this shit. So <laughs> science, I don't get it. <laughs> Phalanx, I don't get I don't understand any of it. And then the year a thousand stuff has been, the, in my opinion, has been the least interesting part about this whole freaking process. So, mm-hmm. Brother Beavis, go ahead and explain year 1000 to us um, because I don't know. All right. So I think it. I think it's actually quite simple. Um, the, um, the, the phalanx is a techno-organic techno civilization that spans the universe that assimilates all intelligence. And whether or not, when they assimilate you, whether or not you continue to reside within that phalanx or not is based on kind of the merit that you bring to the uh, whole conversation. So what I believe they're trying to do is they're trying to, they've preserved Moira to this point. They're trying to upload her into the phalanx so that she can have the totality of information that has been assembled across the universe but then she needs to die so she can be reborn with that. So when they upload her here and they they have this gambit or whatever, I think they're they're trying to figure out if there's a way that she can join with them, but then be reborn with this knowledge. I think that's what they're trying to do here. Mm. Very nice. Uh, Maybe. So that we don't you're know. trying to say that 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 blue lady thing is more? So not necessarily, but when they talk about like. Hey, here's our. They give her the. They give them this thing, and they're like, "Here's our knowledge," and then they're like, "Am I still in there?" And they have this code word, which I was hoping right. would make sense, but it doesn't. They're like, "It's this and the mountain or whatever." So, but I believe what I what I believe is they've preserved Moira's like intellect through this collection 
not only DNA, but their intellect and everything else. And they've uploaded her into the consciousness. When she shares with that, if she dies mm-hmm. and can be reborn, then she's reborn with all the knowledge of the universe. Oh. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I definitely didn't get that out of it. Yeah, I would have never. So that was that. when I read it, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck? And then after I thought about it, I was like, oh, that could be it. Yeah, mm. that could be done. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know if that's right, but, have, but that would make sense. But and you have to wonder, like, kind of where that's going with this moving forward when we end this series. Like, what's this? You know, because we've shifted completely from whatever happened with Nimrod, and is that timeline, you know? jacked up now since they were successful in destroying the mother mold or whatever we're going to get to that here in a second like you know was that not even a part of this process anymore but there's still that little nimrod robot there or the little you know right. lying little piece that's mm-hmm. still there so i'm yeah like that those parts are and again the reason that is confusing is because we don't know shit about that they're just making this up as they go along and you know, as a part of this particular story. So, you know, we don't have any, ref- you know, we can reference a lot of this stuff based on the previous comics that we read. So, like, this didn't make any sense. So, all right. Thank you for explaining that. Right. Mm. So, Powers 4. You know, overall, Brother Beavis, you got through your whatever with Bar Sinister uh, yeah. and with everything else that went on. Like, what's, what's your thoughts on Powers 4? And I think um, the thing for me was, like, I think you do need you do need a couple issues to make any realization. Um, yeah. Because I think especially as we're getting with, near to the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but that, but so a couple things that stood out was number one, we're getting close to the end, and they, and we are all concerned about if they do stick the landing, and so that's yeah. that gets tighter and tighter, right? Um, mm, yes. The other thing is, like, there's this other graphic at the end where they show the schedule, and there's three books that are in red, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Powers 5 is one of them, and I still don't know why those three are in red. It's like House 2, Powers 5, or Powers 2, House 5, or something like that. So mm-hmm. there's so much in these books. Um, I can't wait till they're done so I can go back and make sense of them, but at the same time, yeah. it's still rewarding to kind of read through them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been my thought as well. It's like, man, you know, like this week because I had a field trip or whatever, and I wasn't able to get to the local comic book store, so I had to like go to nefarious means to like get to read. And I literally on my lunch break on this field trip reading this shit on my freaking cell phone, which was very <laughs> difficult, by the way. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, I'm trying to do it before. It and that's why I text. Yeah. yeah, that's why I text you. I was just like, uh, dang, what's going on here? And mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, yeah, a solid, a solid thing, but also, you know, we talked about this besides sticking the landing. However many issues into this thing, we've really only had, like, a couple of moments of, like, man, this book is filler. And this yeah. book on its own would feel like filler until you read the book that comes immediately after it. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, that wasn't filler. That was a freaking uh, a full portion of the course of this three course meal or whatever. Like that was vitally important to this whole process. So, Sam, what did you think about Powers Four before we jump into House Five? Well, like you said, it, like you don't get the payoff to a lot of the stuff in this book until the next issue, and probably even more after that. So, it reading it uh, originally, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know what the fuck is going on now. <laughs> as far as like you know, the first part when you have with the sinister. Looniness 
and they're trying to make you know Xavier and Magneto trying to make the deal with them with him, and you don't know you pretty much guess like okay that's going to come back and bite them somehow, and uh, then of course they kind of ground it again with uh, uh, Professor X and uh, uh, Cipher going to see Krakoa so to get a little bit of a backstory on how all that uh, uh, came about with their basically their civilization they're, they're create with Krakoa and then the far future and I, I was completely off the map with that I, until Beavis explained his potential theory I was like eh, I don't know what the hell this is about I really don't care don't care for it at all either <laughs> so it was a mixed bag you know it was it was up and down mm -hmm. but um, like you said it does kind of make a lot more sense after you read the next um, um, issue at least at least they're trying to kind of pay off what's going on with some of this stuff, and especially after. Uh, I hope uh, Beavis that you're right because that actually makes some sense. A lot is uh, make a little more sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll feel less yeah. stupid if it uh, isn't right. Yeah. So that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So let's jump into Power or House Five. Uh, I, I, when I was able to go back to the local comic book store. Um, did you, what, what cover, well, you probably digitally, Brother Beavis, I got the, I don't know what cover they put on the digital version. Uh, is that the one with Apocalypse walking through the, um, yeah. like through the, the weeds or whatever? Yes. That is an amazing cover. Oh, my God. That's an amazing cover. I love it. Like, this Pepe Larraz dude, give him all the money. Because one, he's turned this shit in. He's turned it in on time. And two, like, I mean. Holy shit, no, this book is amazing in terms it's, of the art and the consistency. And it's funny you kind of uh, frame the question that way because I have bought these digitally and, and like I'm like, shit, I wish I had bought these these actual books. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, because like the other thing is like I was trying to find that uh, – the, the decoder ring for the little code to decipher the next time. Yeah. I can't remember that where that was. And I was clicking around the Marvel app, which is garbage. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, screw it. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'll wait till the, the graphic novel comes out. But I'm like, I, I want, I the thing I'm missing with this, that I've missed out on this, is that, that feel of having this book in my hand. And, and yeah. this is one I yeah. definitely want I, to There's no substitute. Yeah, it's funny you should say that. Yeah, funny you should say that. Uh, when I was went to Dragon Con or whatever, and I'm shouting name out. Uh, nah, I can't remember his name. A friend of mine uh, in Atlanta was like, you know what? I'm trying to go find these books. I'm listening to y'all's podcast, and I'm going to go out and get the books because I want to read it, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, man, I've gone to every single freaking comic book store in, you know, Metro Atlanta or whatever. He's like, I can't find a fucking copy. I'm like, yeah, I, I imagine so. Um, like, you I mean, it's literally something like, when I go to the comic book store on my lunch break on Wednesdays, I'm like, hey, man, let me get my, you know, my pool or whatever just for this book. And there's like, you know, a significant less number of copies when I go back to next week. <laughs> like for the other book, like, oh, it just came out. There's like maybe two or three issues of the previous week's issue there. And I'm like, yeah, because people are just pulling and buying so many. And the alternate covers that I see online are pretty cool, too. But I think there's a wraparound cover for some of them. So I know people are buying multiple copies as well. Um, all right. So, yeah. So House 5, the opening tweet quote is, do you want to know the real difference between them and us? Until now, we were never given a chance, Professor Xavier. And this book opens with Magneto, white suit, and his daughter, 
and you know, I, I take an air quotation and my uh, thing, or her father, air quotation, like, because Magneto is literally the worst father of all time. <laughs> just everybody knows. Like, he's fucking terrible as a father. Uh, doesn't take care of his kids at all. Um, and so, and, and just so I can keep it straight, at this present time, uh, Petro and Wanda are not his children. Is that right? Or am uh, I wrong on that? Um, I don't know, and I, it's it sounds like, and even from the previous books that we read, it sounds like they're messing with the uh, the continuity or the uh, I guess the, parenthood. Uh, well, the parenthood of whatever about Magneto being the father of these kids. So right. I'm not a hundred percent sure. You got a thought, Beavis? Um, the one, th- just not particularly to this, but the thought I had regarding Polaris was, and we were talking about the earlier comic book series. Remember in Wolverine and the X Men, which I started off hating because it felt like mm. it was the uh, com- the cartoon version of X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where they in the alternate timeline where they, you know, the the Polaris, you know, they they were out in the desert and Polaris showed up with the Magneto helmet, like driving around mm. Sentinels. That was awesome. That was like probably the best incarnation of her character. That's the one thing yeah, that, agree. like, I always think about when I see her. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah, yeah. been so jerked around. I mean, she's been, she's been good, and you know, there was there was stretches within X Factor where she was a great character. You know, mm-hmm. you know, she's been she's been jerked around so much. It's it's hard to get a feel for her and and where yeah. she sits within this this Magneto that I don't even feel like we can know because like, why is he in the white suit? Like, I don't even know, yeah. but. Right. And this is X Men. This is X One. So this is year ten. So this is post giant size. Yeah. yeah. So why is he in this? This is like now. Right. Yeah. This is yeah, now. This is, right. Yeah. And um. So yeah. So you know, her. They're having this conversation about you know, are there any good humans? And he's like, you know, blah blah blah. He gives a speech, but basically, like, you know, once they stopped being hunter and gatherers and you know figured out where they are and became you know agrarian, you know, they figured out society, and that's the best thing that they've ever given anybody. And you know, we get a full flashback to issue one of House of X, where you get to see the Tree of Life on Krakoa or whatever. And again, we talked about this initially. And we're gonna come, it's gonna come up even more so now. We talk about like this man, like man, this feels like the Matrix. Like, why are these people getting hatched out of pods and eggs? And it feels like the Matrix, and it has this Matrix feel to it. And like we were right, you know, essentially. And you know, and we're not patting ourselves on the back in that regard. It's just like you know, there's only a certain number of stories you can tell after a while, and you know, you're just gonna start leaning mm-hmm. on shit that makes sense. And this makes sense. So, like, you know, fine, whatever. It's the Matrix thing, and. So we get to this point where, you know, that the, the, you know, the mutants are going to evolve and we're going to get to this idea that they're actually going to be resurrected. And if you go back to the last issue of House, which was four, where they went up to the space thing, they destroyed the mother mold or whatever, but everybody was killed, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Jean Grey in a really brutal fashion. When I went back and read that shit before, it was like where the <laughs> Sentinels are all on her ship. I was like, God. Damn, yeah. and the, the look on her face, the and look on her face, and that yeah, know, it was bad. <laughs> that got to yeah, me. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. Yeah, it was really, really bad. And so, you know, they're gonna now instead of using their fighting powers, they're gonna use their brains to kind of figure their ways out of this whole situation. And so, there's a line there where Magneto goes, "Ah, oh, here they come." 
Alright, and so you see this uh kind of uh wide shot of like mutants coming through like a, a like a portal or whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then there's a team there. Alright. Now you obviously know who <laughs> they are now. Did y'all know who any of these motherfuckers were when they came through that portal? Because I was like, that looks like gold balls, but I was like, There's no way fucking gold balls is it is it I, I was over five. There's no way the gold balls Yeah, they they was like, There's no way the gold balls is in this fucking book. So Yeah. Brett Beavis, do you have any idea who they were before they name-checked them? No, not before they name-checked them, but I would also say the fact that Gold Ball's in this book underscores one of the things we said about how they're trying to make everything that's come before relevant. Like, they tried to find yeah. a place for every, even the the dumbest-ass things before now fit into the story. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. in, in a, yeah. you know, props again. Yeah, le- yeah again, let's... um. Let's but I, the one I the thought parts. it I thought it was rogue on the left, but it was not. That's what I yeah. thought. Uh, but I did too. I did. Other too. than that, yeah, no. yeah. I, and let's uh, yeah. Let's give Pikmin his props. Like you made gold balls relevant, sir. Wow. <laughs> he deserves that an award just it. for doing that. Hell. Yeah, just for that. Deserve. I mean, you could have changed his name, but other than that, so, yeah, yeah. so the, the team of mutants that comes yeah. through, awful. Gold balls, Proteus, and I was like, "What, Proteus? Proteus. Um, Elixir, Elixir, Eva Bell, or Tempest, Tempest, and Hope Summers." And I didn't recognize that as Hope Summers. I don't know why I didn't pull that one. Well, like that. I knew it was one of the redheads. It was either Jean, yeah. uh, which although Jean is dead, Rachel, Hope, or mm-hmm. maybe even well, not Madeline, but it wouldn't be her. But uh, I think I'm forgetting. It could one, be. But, at this point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so they go through this in the next, like, many pages of this book, and really the most of it is basically talking about this resurrection process. And so you have to understand, so in House 4, every mutant that went on that mission died, like every single one of them. And so now they come to this process where Magneto and Xavier have come up with this idea of resurrecting the fucking mutants. Like resurrecting them literally and they go through the process of how this works so gold balls those freaking balls that we thought were just useless they're actually like vessels and eggs and then proteus uses his reality powers to warp the eggs and shit and elixir like that they put the dna <laughs> that sinister gave like from the previous issue we said we were going to bring it back gee they've got all this dna that sinister has collected and they puts it in there and elixir you know gives it life and then tempest you know manipulates time to accelerate the age process or whatever and hope this fucking Voltron and she's the head and brings them all to fucking gather and, um, and amplifies their power so they can do this shit so they can resurrect the mutants and then that's when you see them climbing out of the freaking tree of life and coming to Xavier from the callback from the first issue to this issue you know to me my mutants or whatever and then boom you have all the people that died uh, brought back to life um, I'm going to say this and I'll take your uh, responses when I read this, I was completely fucked up. Like, <laughs> damn fucked up. Not like I was fucking high or drunk. I was just completely fucked up by the process. Brother Beavis, what was your thought? Yeah, I think I think we all assumed that, that everyone that died would be back, but I assumed it would be in, like, some different life of, of Moria. And, mm-hmm. um, and we had talked about earlier, like, we still don't know what this whole the 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 egg people are, and so mm-hmm. it was definitely right. striking. And I think this this idea as they go forward that like yeah we have 
we can bring life and uh mm-hmm. yeah it was i mean it, it, it like in as much as this was a because comics thing i mean it mm-hmm. i think it's reasonably substantiated i think there's some lingering questions like uh how did you clone you you can't possibly have cloned wolverine's adamantium skeleton back yeah into i i, I thought that too mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately mm-hmm. thought about that and and Archangel looks like he has regular wings. So, I mean, there's some stuff there. Mm. But, right. um, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't, like, it didn't, it seemed like it was a one of a possible solutions to kind of where we had led. And then I think as they go forward, like, the question becomes how is this limited? So one thing is they're trying to bring back all the mutants have died and, and, and what is the toll on Xavier and, and those sort of right. things. So it's like, and, and can they only be brought? I mean, like it, it becomes problematic if, if death now no longer means something. <laughs> I think, you know, just thinking about it now, I mean, that's the funny thing is like, that's been the joke. Like people, you know, Gene dies, well, everybody comes back. So in a sense up to now, mm-hmm. death has been meaningless. But now if it's even more meaningless because they just, mm-hmm. you know, pop out a gold ball and, and stroke it. Uh, five different ways until it comes back then <laughs> what does that mean so I think it it, it as you play it forward it, it kind of does become a little bit frightening because it feels like they have a power beyond what other heroes have now and I think that's maybe the challenge of it is like ooh wow is this they, they can essentially create life in a sense or preserve mm-hmm. life should they have that power and what are the implications of them having that? So I think it becomes a little bit frightening in that regard. Well, there's also a part of this too that it's a very pet cemetery version as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even though that they're telling, even though they're telling us like you know we'll get to that in a second. Like okay, this is that person. They're just a new body that they you know created. But every time that you put somebody in and it's not the same person, they generally don't come out exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what's, you know, how lesser are they, I guess, of the person that went in before them? And, or, you know, how lesser is that particular? I mean, I don't want to call them clones because they're really, are they clones? I, you know, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm really curious as to that part of it. And, you know, we didn't talk about this, but Cerebro gets a reboot here completely. You know, not mm-hmm. only can you know, Charles find the mutants with this thing, he also has storing like all of their their essence, son. My God, my essence! <laughs> it glows and it's orange. It glows and it's orange. He keeps all of their essences in there, which he also downloads at some point. You know, all in these different places or whatever. He downloads their essences. You know, he has the most updated version, like iOS 13. Uh, fucking for for the for the iPhone or whatever. He has their updated versions. Of, you know, someplace and you know. I mean, I was just messed up by the whole idea. I didn't think, yeah. you know, when I thought they died, I, I thought we'd get, like, you know, you know, a, a Moria reboot. Like, they would continue, yeah. like, you know, um, right. Groundhog Day to try to figure out how to do this until you got it right. And um, right. I was wrong, obviously. Um, so, mm. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Charles puts the ghost back in the shell. So all the the five people make the um, the mutant body. He puts their essence back in, and then. Um, so my internet you know, research then, un- unveiled something else interesting. 
So the line that Jean delivers to Aurora when she says, who are you, is the same line that she delivers in the Inferno series where Aurora sees Jean uh, in the midst of the Madeline Pryor bullshit. Mm. Oh, really? I didn't oh. know that. Man. I did not know that. Man. Yeah. The I'm the, man. Uh, this shit is deep. It's amazing. This shit is deep, man. Like heard this, said, what she I says, know. I'm the only me that's ever been. That ever was. That's the same yeah. thing she says in Inferno. Wow. I'll be damned. Yeah. Or that ever was, sorry. Wow. It's deep. Wow. Okay. Well, after they've been reborn, and Xavier tells them, like, hey, you know, every time you guys die, uh, I die a little bit, too. So let's not do that again. Um, (laughs) And I I put a note in there, too. I was like, oh, so essentially this is the Days of Future Past storyline from the movie. You know, where Kitty takes all their essences or whatever and then, you know, transports it to somebody else. It was really essentially that movie plot. But anyway. Mm. So Storm delivers, and again, if you've been, you have to be a long-time listener of multiple podcasts on the Brothers Comics group things. Like a Morpheus speech is a reference that we refer to all the time about if you saw the Matrix Reloaded um, on Zion, uh, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus gives this speech after they come back, and it it, it is. <laughs> I'm quoting for Big Hutch here. He that's when he knew he was in trouble with Major Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's somewhat yeah, infamous, yeah, I, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's when I knew he was in trouble. And so he was in trouble with that. And so Storm essentially delivers a Morpheus speech here as you know, Brothers and Sisters of Dracoa We rise and dance tonight. I mean, it's really essentially that. Um, you know, we've defeated death, and you know, and so she name checks all of them. You know, how do you know my name is Cyclops? Like, how do we know it's you? I'm like, well, you beat my ass that one time. Like, it's Cyclops, it's him, it is him. You know, and you know, what is he? Mutant. And they put their black power fist up, and yeah. you know, and then she goes through it with all five of them. The Monet one is great. You know, but yeah, like, don't, yeah, don't touch me. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Uh, I thought, I thought that was great. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so the book finishes out in two really different ways. It's like, it talks about the UN meeting that's going to be, which was really the basis of the first book about, you know, we want independence for Kakoa, you know, essentially a don't fuck with us, um, like, you know, peace pact. And then the other parts of it are just explaining the resurrection process, which I think we've gone through and you know, not in enough detail, but like, you know, kind of read the book, you know, about who every everybody has their own piece in this whole thing. There are a couple of notes in there about, you know, um, where they, you know, Charles puts the the essence back into the, the same husk, like he's never put seeds, like somebody's huh? memory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they never put somebody else's uh, memory inside to somebody else. Like, that's a thing. There's the Proteus problem because he burns that through his body. Through bodies. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, that so was the interesting thing. part to me because they say that um, Proteus's backup mutant husk is always created from the genetic base of Charles Xavier. G- Charles mm-hmm. Xavier don't have anything to do with Proteus genes. That's Moira and and somebody else. So her father. Yeah. That makes me wonder if the Moira or if the Charles we're seeing here is a genetic amalgam of Moira and Charles. Oh, 
Damn. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see, yeah, I mean, and it's not. Yeah, I mean, we know the swerve is coming. Like we, I, I, I think mm-hmm. we are very yeah. well aware of that. But we just don't. I mean, again, which is a good swerve, you know. I mean, you know, it's I see dead people. Like, we don't know what the damn swerve is because, and that's a good thing that they set us up. But we're also weary enough to know that, you know, having seen a bunch of M. Night Shyamalan movies, like, I know you're about to do something. Like, you know, something. You're about to do something. (laughs) And, you know, we're trying to prepare ourselves or whatever for it. Um, So, yeah, so it talks about that. The resurrection process and it talks about the scale about trying to get the mutant population back to the pre-genotion population which would require a lot of minds for charles to download and a lot of you know like just the process of the five resurrecting a bunch of people mm-hmm. and that's like you know trying to get it to that and that seems like that's magneto's push and and charles is too like to try to get 16 million mutants back and that's a problem uh in terms of like how difficult that would be and how stressful it would be on the five as well as on Charles to manipulate all those minds. Um, did I miss anything there, y'all? Like, I, I'm no. trying to think about No, that. I think they're tr- they're weird. trying to... They've got to put limitations on it because otherwise mm-hmm. then they're all immortal, so... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, um, and they did talk about too, too, you know, where you know, there are the protocols there, where, like, you have to confirm that the mutant is actually dead, you know, and they, they use the word a force that goes out to yeah. um, do that. I was like, that's probably the X-Force book. Where, but you know, that is but if shit goes book. down, we reserve the right to do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, did you, yeah, well, yeah. Did you read the the terms and conditions on your Apple iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we can drop like fifty Wolverines on your ass. You didn't read? Yeah, oh exactly. yeah, that that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. When you sign that agreement. Um. So yeah. Um. And then we get to the UN vote, and essentially it's this thing where you know it sounded like the UN wasn't going to approve this, but Emma was like, you know, fuck that. Uh, I'm gonna mind fuck all of these people and make them vote for us. And then Charles was like, I know what you did, like you know, I know you did that. And you know, she thought she was gonna get scolded, but he was like, you know, thank you for your sacrifice, you know, because yeah. that doing that's gonna have an effect on you and the people that you affected mm-hmm. and you know and I, that was like uh, uh like that stuck with me for four because i was like why did he call it a sacrifice you know because that seemed mm-hmm. kind of weird and you know but he's like you know thank you for what you've done and that that made me see like the shit-eating grin on charles's face there makes me think that he's fucking cassandra nova like is that mm-hmm. i mean if you look at his face when he says that to her like that did not um go over well with me um but yeah, but yeah. So Krakoa is independent now. Oh, she does say, "Buy me something nice." He's like, "Yeah, you know, I got bigger plans for you too." <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and that was always his thing. Was like the one thing he couldn't do was use his compulsion. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought the the nice piece of this was like, hey, that wasn't just idealistic. That was because there are implications on on him as well. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's another piece to it there. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I like that part, too. The mutant diplomacy part was great, too, where it listed the people that were down with them and not. (laughs) I only listed it just for for Wakanda. Wakanda was like, fuck that. Nope. I don't care. Yeah. We do not need your drugs. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we don't need your mutant drugs. That's basically it. So Wakanda left them completely out of it. So I thought that was fun. All right. So, yeah. So after that... uh, 
we're back in Krakoa. I, I put a note in there about like that shot of Wolverine silhouetted in there is amazing. I, I mm. love that freaking picture. That's a nice shot. Wolverine there. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, this you know, hey, artist. you sure yeah. about this? Yeah. You sure about yeah. this, Charles? And he's like, hey, man, this is an opportunity for change. And, you know, and we get this portals that opens up with all of these freaking villains, essentially. How many of y'all can y'all name check in these pictures besides Sinister? And so, uh, what's his face? Is random. Um, Who's from X Factor? Random. Yeah, oh, that's mm-hmm. random. I think yeah. it's Wild Who's the Side. Girl next, Who's the really girl next? Liberation Front. Girl. Wasn't there a lady sinister at one time or something? I don't know if that. Was. Oh, that could He's be. He's got a daughter. Yeah, really. A daughter. Okay. Yeah. There's Mesmero. Is uh, he was in the? He was a big foil oh, of uh, that is of of uh, the Kitty Pride led X Men. Yeah. Oh, X Men Gold. That's um, right. Yeah, I don't yeah, know who's riding right. the dragon. The there's mm. Exodus is the the primary yeah, character in the second out panel. front. Yeah, and then it's, to mm-hmm. his left is that's I don't know the backstory, but that's one of the villains from um, Generation X that became Monet. Is that Celine? Is that Celine next to him? It's gotta be. It's and then gotta it's be. probably. That's probably is that Sebastian uh, Shaw, Se- or? Se- not Sebastian Shaw, but Shinobi Shaw. His Shinobi son. Shaw, yeah, his son. Mm-hmm. His yeah. son, son. Right. But his son, son. With the, well, the, the big with bad the that comes through. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So the big bad that comes through is Apocalypse as he breaks into this is whatever, and essentially, you know, he's like, "Hey, what's up, Krakoa? You good?" Um, <laughs> you know, because obviously. He has the history with it that they explained in the other issue. And, um, you know, basically, you know, Wolverine's like, look, this is going to be a problem here. And, you know, it's like, it's not going to be a problem. Like, I'm, like, I'm. Magneto's like, if we got beef, son, in Apocalypse, it's like, <laughs> why do we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like when the doves cry. Right. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> well, the biggest issue, he's just like, you know. This is what I've been fighting for. Like, y'all did what y'all were supposed to. Like, I'm proud of y'all niggas, man. Like, this is exactly <laughs> what I've been wanting. But Magneto's still like, say it. Say it. Yeah, and like, say the I words. submit to your rules. Yeah, I will submit and follow your rules or whatever in your laws. You know, like, that's basically it. You know, and so Krakoa is a place for everybody. And him and Charles shake on it. You know, Charles, air quotations. Him and Charles shake on it. But, uh, again... In the books that relaunch in October, there's a book. Apocalypse is a member of one of these books. Like he's a team member in one of the books. So hmm. I, I don't know. You know, as this book ends or whatever. And, <laughs> and so the final end quote there is like, if you are, if you are us, then be with us. You know, come home. And then I, I'm putting the notes. It's foo foo, man. It's for us by us. Like I said, I tweeted that out, man. Like every every Magneto, every mutant is gonna get a Fubu sweatshirt, uh, and a, you know, I I, I just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and a hat. Yeah, and a do rag. Uh, I just I don't like I, I again like we've been saying this before. Like I don't know where this is gonna end. Like I really don't. And the books that are going to relaunch out of this, I don't know. Is that going to be, you know, X0, X1, X3? Like, yeah. what era are these going to be going on? This X-Men Marauders thing, which seems like they'll actually be out hunting mutants. Like, I don't know where that is. And again, I'm curious. 
do I want to read, you know, seven ass books that are probably going to only last probably a, a year at the most? No, I don't. But I, I you know, I, I, I at least I know this is headed somewhere. And, you know, we're going to get to that point, though, too. Also, Brother Beavis, where Hickman's not going to be writing all this. Book, oh, yeah. so everything's going to be mm-hmm. lesser than. And so, you know, the quality and the potential is going to go down completely. And so it just makes me. Like if they were like, oh, this is going to end, and we're going to launch like two like X Men books, like X Men and Uncanny X Men or whatever, and Hickman's going to be overseeing both of those books, then I'd be down for sure. But you know, I think he's only doing like New Mutants and one other of the books of the seven of them, and I, I I'm just not, you know, I don't know where this is headed, but in a good way, like you know, not like I I want to know where it's finishing, but I don't. I have my druthers because obviously we've been shit on her a bunch of times. So, kind of, what's your recap of both issues, brother? Beavis? Five is to me is uh, an amazing piece of freaking comic book. Yeah, yeah. I I think again you got to read a couple at a time to make sense of it, and mm-hmm. I think it's still moving us along. I think you're right. We're still trying to figure out. I mean, we we are Charlie Brown. We are waiting for Lucy to pull that football <laughs> and just trying yes. to figure it out. And yeah, but it's like okay, if if all the if all the bad mutants are okay now, then what does you know? What are the X Men villains? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. they've talked about mm-hmm. this as sort of a like a kind of a brave new world, and it it, it certainly is shaping up to be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then who become you know, again, there has to be some, ver- there has to be a villain. If every mutant is on each other's side, then who's fighting against them? And I hope that, you know, and I don't think this is going to lead, you know, incoming or whatever is the next series that's coming out of this. I don't think this is going to lead to some sort of mutants versus other heroes thing. I definitely don't think that's that because they've done that already. They just did it not that much long ago with Avengers versus X-Men. I don't yeah, think that's that. Yeah. But there yeah. has to be, you can't have good without bad. And so where are we headed with this? And I'm very curious in that. So, all right, Sam, and what did you think of like four and five, kind of as a as a group together? Uh, four, I thought it was a little bit of a lull, although I still liked it. But uh, it, like you said before, it kind of brought it back up after reading this because there was a reason for some of that craziness. And uh, number four mm-hmm. of um, House of X, and this one, yeah, this had some um, big moments in it. Obviously, the uh, resurrection of. Um, Mutants coming back the um, the five we didn't really talk a whole lot about the five uh, the, the, the I, I think they have a name for them but uh, they're they uh, describe how they're revered by the other mutants by, like saviors and yes. I forget the exact mm-hmm. words they use that that kind of um, that kind of I don't know what the word is it rocked me back a little bit I was like wow this is this is kind of yeah. deep you know it was a good, that was a yeah, good no. uh, yeah. That whole sequence was pretty good, you know what I mean, and um, and this is very much sci-fi, sci-fi that I like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really like this series. I really do. Uh, I, you, we've, you've said it enough times that I'll, I'm, I'm going to say it one more time. I'll, let's pray that they stick the landing to this because I like what they've done so far. And I don't know them books afterwards. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. I'm not talking about that. But as for this, mm-hmm. I like what they're doing, and this is one of the better series so far that I've read in the last ten years. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think that there's. Nah, I don't. You know what? That'll be a jinx if I say it. But fuck it. 
I don't know that there's a way that they could mess up the ending at this point. Um, Well, honestly, unless somebody opens the freaking shower and Bobby Ewan is standing there and he's got a fucking dream (laughs) sequence, like, I really don't think that they could mess it up at this point. Like, I think we're too far gone. I'll agree with you. I do. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think we're too far gone at this point for them to, like, come up with some dusty finish and mess yeah. it up, brother Beavis. Like I think Wrestling they have like a, a. I think they. I think they have a definitive ending here. I don't think that they're. You know, I mean, we talked about this before. Like, you know, some of these ideas start out on you know cocktail napkins, and like, oh, it'd be a really cool idea if the heroes fought each other. But we have no idea how we're ending it. It seems how yeah. this is written that it has a beginning, a middle, and a definitive end. I don't think they're making it up at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things they've said is. I, I guess in my mind, it's like it's not sufficient just to tell the story that kicks off uh, the next phase. These books themselves need some sort of conclusion, and I think that's right. that's the part yeah. that I'm looking forward yeah. to. And I don't, and I I don't have a sense for what that might be or what might be satisfying or how do, how do you close this part of it out in a way that sets up what comes next? And that that's the tricky part. Um, because if it's you know if it's just some the helmet comes off and it, it oh it was I would have got away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids then mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know how that's going to make me feel about the books that I've read that I've loved up to this point mm-hmm. yeah right yeah I, I yeah and it just seems like again it just seems like there is a definitive direction where this is going now again i have no idea what those other books are going to be once they get out from under the direction of the person that's writing these two books i'm sure the books that he's writing he definitely knows what's going on but unless they put him as you know the the editor-in-chief of all of these x-men books which i'm sure they're not going to do then everything else is just going to become like a a subsidiary of the main books and they're all going to be lesser yeah, they're all going to be and you know that yeah. it's just going to start. Yeah, and it's just going to start, you know, chipping away, which is what they do all the time in these things. They start chipping away at the main book or the main mm-hmm. story that was there, and it mm-hmm. winds up lessening or retconning everything eventually. So that part, I'm uh, I'm probably not as thrilled about, but at least it, with this, it, as they get closer to the ending, I, I'm I'm getting, you know, I'm just excited about it. And so even if we look at the the reading process here using our our scale or schedule that we've been talking about, like we're kind of stuck ourselves in a corner here, brother Beavis, because if we go after two books, we're still going to be having that one last book waiting for us at the end. You know what I mean? Like we're next yeah. week, we're powers, you know, we're powers five and house of six, you know, after that, then we have that red book on nine on October the ninth as the last book there. And I don't know how we're going to finish that, but we will shoulder through it with you folks. Uh, as you, we, know, you know, you know what yeah. I, I think if, if you know, if it does work out that way, I think there's. I would have to imagine that once it's complete, we're going to be able to look back on everything that's come to come before and have some different yeah. opinions on it. So yeah. there right. may be plenty yeah, of content for the last one, even if there's only one book behind it. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty yeah. of meat still left on this bone. You know, and I mean, to think about this, I was thinking about who I was doing the notes for y'all the other day. I was like, where's Moira? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought that a couple times. Yeah. 
Like, legitimately, like, we're three issues since we saw her last get killed, but we're three issues since we saw her. Mm-hmm. There's more of her. And we know she's floating out there somewhere, and... Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Well done, Jonathan Hickman. Like I said, yes. man, um... Whew, well freaking done, my good and faithful servant. You have done uh, <laughs> something that people have been trying to get these X-Men books back for the longest time, and you've really, uh, done... Yeah, you have done an amazing piece of work here to make this such a um, uh, almost uh, not almost a must read here book for like X Men fans and comic book folks. So well, well done. All right, all right. So that will wrap up us for the Marvel Hack Season Seven, Episode Six. Again, we've given you two podcasts back to back. You know, like I said, I'd listen to one and then go back to the other one. But you know, do what you got to do. Uh, again, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we will be back in. You know, unless freaking Powers 5 comes out and just completely blows us away, we'll probably be back after House 6 um, in early October. And, we'll, you know, we'll kind of, you know, we'll kind of play it by ear or whatever. But, yeah, um, uh, well done. That's all mm-hmm. I can say. All right. So, yeah, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. You can find me, brother, uh, the producer, at Brothers Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find Sandman and Sandman415 on Facebook and Twitter, Brother Beavis is in the ether. And I told Hutch, and I was like, hey, man, we're going to have to get you back for the conclusion. So when this ends, like, you got to yeah. be on that episode. And he said that he would be. So we'll figure that part out. All right. Too. All, right. Yeah. All right. So as the X-Men, the animated music plays us out, which will be on Disney Plus. If you were looking to our other <laughs> podcast, you know that. As X-Men, the animated series starts to play us out. Uh, again, I am the producer. I'm signing off. Uh, Sam, man, go ahead and sign off. Sayonara, people. We will see you next time. All right. Brother Beaver, sign off. I'll catch you next time. See you. All right. We'll catch everybody next time. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Peace, peace out.